Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. In the boardroom at the rear of David Bowman's bank in Wakefield, the members were gathered about the table. David Bowman was there, of course, in his capacity as president of the bank. John Perry was present, too, slender, pleasant-faced owner of the drugstore. But one man who had long been a member was conspicuously absent, Henry Swanson, who had been forced to sell his stock certificates to Ben Calvert. Ben was sitting in Henry's place now, the place he had deliberately usurped in order to cause trouble for his former son-in-law, Bill Mead. Since his election, Mr. Calvert had managed to squash a move to reinstate Bill in his job. That had been his purpose, and he had succeeded in overriding any talk of leniency on the part of the other men. Now Ben looks toward his brother-in-law, David. Well, David, I don't know why this meeting was called, but I'm a busy man. Suppose we get on with our business, whatever it is. In a moment, Ben. Yes, you might at least let us in on the reason we're here. No point in being so confoundedly mysterious. You'll know soon enough, Ben. Ah, yes, Ben. Why be so impatient? Well, I have work to do myself. But I'm sure the world won't come to an end if it's delayed for half an hour. John, that's exactly why you're still a small-time businessman. That attitude of yours. <laughs> and yet I wouldn't be surprised if I'm a happier man than you are, Ben. Nonsense. Well, look here, Perry. If I let my... Come in. Mario Descari. Uh, come in and sit down, Mario. Hello, everybody. Yes. Mario, I think you know most of these gentlemen. Sure, I know them. Hello, Mr. Calvert. So you were back, Mario. Yes, Mr. Calvert. I'm back. Mr. Perry. Help, Mario. Uh, please sit here at my right, Mario. Hmm? Thank you, Mr. Bowman. Now, gentlemen, we can get on with the meeting. You see, Mr. Descari asked that the members be brought together today because he has a few things he wants to say to you. I agreed with him that it would be best not to wait until the next regular meeting. Seems to me, David, you've been having a lot of unnecessary meetings on this board in the last few weeks. Perhaps we have, then. Now, if you'll please give Mario your attention. Go ahead, Mario. Thanks, Mr. Bowman. I, uh... I guess most of you men are kind of surprised to see me here. Or to see me back in Wakefield at all. Maybe you think I had a lot of nerve to come back after the way... Well, after everything that happened. Nobody blamed you, my boy. We all knew what was at the bottom of your troubles. That's where you're wrong, Mr. Calvert. That's why I told Mr. Bowman I'd like to put you straight. If anyone in this room, or this town for that matter, thinks I had any good reason for doing what I did, well, all I can say is they're very much mistaken. Because I didn't have any excuse at all. At the time, I was all balled up. I wasn't even thinking straighter. I never would have done what I did to my wife. When I got back home yesterday, my wife and I had a long talk. We know where we stand now. Also, she told me some of the things that have been happening here in Wakefield since I went away. How when she was first brought into the hospital, she was ashamed to admit I was the guy who had hurt her. She didn't like to let people know what a heel I'd been. So, everybody figured it must have been Bill Mead. Well, I'm here to tell you it wasn't Bill. He had nothing to do with it. Nothing at all. We all understand that after Carly explained. But of course, Mario, we knew Bill was indirectly responsible. What do you mean, indirectly? Well, well, after all... Then I suggest that you let Mario have his say without interruption. If you have anything to contribute, you'll have a chance later. 
Go ahead, Mario. Okay. Well, I was going to say, I guess people in Wakefield can hardly be blamed for figuring Bill was mixed up in it somehow. After I ducked out of town, it left him holding the bag. Everybody just naturally decided I must have had a good reason for, for fighting with my wife. There was a lot of gossip about Bill and Carla, that they'd been too friendly. Most people believed it. And so did I, even though I should have known better. That's where I made my big mistake, not trusting my wife. But I know it now, and I want everyone else to know it, too. I was wrong, completely wrong. Bill Mead and my wife never been more than good friends. And that's why I came here today to talk to you. I understand Bill lost his job at the bank here because people thought he'd broken up my home. My home was broken up, all right. But I did it myself. Now I want you to take my word for it. Bill Mead is completely innocent. What makes you so positive about that discussion? The word of my wife and of Bill himself. I'd call that pretty flimsy evidence, personally. Then you're out of order. I'm just about finished, Mr. Calvert. All I want to say is that Bill Mead deserves to have his job back. He never should have lost it, and he wouldn't have if it hadn't been for me. I figured the least I could do was to come here and put you straight. That's all I have to say, Mr. Bowman. But I sure would like to see you men take a vote or whatever is needed to put Bill back in his old job. Mario, that was a fine, honest explanation you gave us. I'm sure the men will agree that it changes the entire picture in regard to this situation. Yes, it certainly does. From what the scary just told us, it looks to me as if we committed a grave injustice in regard to Bill Mead. I think he deserves to be reinstated. And moreover, I'd say we ought to send him a written apology. I'd like to make a motion to that effect. In spite of the interruptions he'd made during Mario's speech, Ben Calvert was strangely silent when the young man sat down again. He agreed to Bill's reinstatement and did nothing to oppose John Perry's move that an apology be sent. But as the men filed out, Ben managed to linger behind. Mario, that was a fine thing you did just now. I must say, I'm not sure I could have done as much in your position. Well, thank you, Mr. Calvert, even though you didn't seem to agree with me. Not at all, not at all. It wasn't that I was in disagreement, Mario. Not with your purpose, that is. However, I believe in considering the facts objectively. It seemed to me you were inclined to be a little less, uh, well, careful in reviewing the background of the thing. I don't get you. Well, after all, Mario, just between us, I understand why you decided to overlook what happened. You returned here, came back to your wife and that fine farmland of yours. You figured it was better to let bygones be bygones. Very sensible. But no point in going overboard, my boy. Even if you do decide to overlook unpleasant facts. Overlook? You've said that twice, Mr. Calvert. I haven't overlooked anything. I'm only hoping people would be willing to do some overlooking on my side. But good heavens, Descari. Nobody's ever blamed you. We all knew that you were simply a victim. Yeah. I'd say Bill Mead has been the victim. <laughs> Mario, you don't need to stick to that story when you're talking to me. Stick to what story, Mr. Calvin? Why, about Meade's being innocent. You don't really believe that. You couldn't. But I certainly admire your willingness to give him another chance. 
Now that he's seen how he damaged himself in Wakefield with his shenanigans. Mr. Calvert, I think there's something you and I had better get straight right now. Understand? Hold on there, Mario. I don't like your tone. You won't like what I have to say either, but I'm going to say it just the same. I'm on to you now, and I'm not going to be taken in again. Taken in? By your hints and suggestions. I had plenty of time to think while I was away. Maybe I'm, I'm kind of slow in the head, but I can put two and two together. And something dawned on me I ought to have seen a long time ago. About you and what you've been trying to do. You're crazy to scary. I don't know what you're talking about. I remember one day last summer when you invited me to your office for a glass of beer. You kept hinting about Carla and Bill. That was the first day I got any suspicion. Every time I saw you, you'd manage to drag Bill Mead into the conversation. Bill and my wife... And like a prize sucker, I fell for it. Are you implying that I'm responsible for your quarrel with your wife? Just because I was honest enough to tell you what people were saying behind your back? I don't know just how much you made up and how much you didn't. But I know how you hate Bill Mead because he didn't get along with your daughter. Everybody in town knows that. If I'd had the sense I was born with, I would have realized you were trying to cause trouble for him any way you could. Well, Mr. Calvert, I'm onto your tricks now. I'm not going to be your stooge anymore when you try to do Bill Mead dirt. If you take my advice, you'll stop trying to. And if you don't, Mr. Calvert, you'll have to answer to me. Speechless with anger, Ben Calvert glared at Mario Descari. The young man returned his look calmly. The older man's anger blinded him. He turned and strode away. All his careful plans, his deliberate attempt to turn Wakefield against his former son-in-law, had failed. Instead, this crazy Descari might turn the town against Ben himself then got into his car, started the motor, and pressed the gas pedal down to the floorboard. 